Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Witcher's Breakaway is brought to you by you. Okay, uh, good episode today. We have our good friend Fitz on. Uh, he comes on and we discuss pretty much David Quinn, everything that's happened with the COVID incident, obviously, uh, the the Flyers game, everything in between. And uh, we're recording the super late after the game, so fun time for everybody. Hope you guys enjoy. Here is Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm the, of The Athletic. I'm here with Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Gregory, say hello. Uh, Ryan. Yes. I have a birthday coming up in a month. You that's, may know this. That's true. Which I'm, is, expe- which I'm is, expecting a gift. Which is why Keith gave you, and I told him to give this to you, a shutout mm-hmm. versus the Boston Bruins. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, but I'm looking at what my mom got me this year. Okay. Uh, my mom, again, birthed me. Right. Can't quite remember when my birthday is. Decided mm-hmm. to get me a gift now just to play it safe. Uh, good idea i will i will say this shout out i mean i'm gonna be 32 this year yep. i am now at the point where my mom buying me underwear is like the greatest it's thing in a the huge world deal that just means but i'm looking at the underwear she bought me you want to guess how much money it is you should wait first off she left a sticker on she did that's yeah. impressive well, stuff my mom knows how to my, my <laughs> yeah. mom my mom online shops now so she doesn't mm, like she doesn't physically it. put it in the cart just goes to right okay uh seven yeah. seven dollars no no oh we're going up yeah, my mom. My mom's bougie, apparently. Oh, you you got thirty dollars underwear? Oh, I got forty dollars underwear. No, you didn't. <laughs> Calvin Klein, hundred percent cotton. Wow, classic. Not kit, a sponsor. Soft and breathable cotton, thirty nine dollars and fifty cents. Not a sponsor. Okay, for everyone listening, now that we know about Greg's underwear, we have our good friend Fitz, a legend of Twitter tonight. Uh, she got me two of them. I have eighty dollars worth of underwear. Are they like fleece lined? What? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm excited to wear them, though. You should be. I think. Uh, question you want mark, me to question? model them? them? <laughs> yeah, we'll put them on the Patreon. Um. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, that, that's not written words, so we can get away with it. That's too. true. Patreon.com slash Breakaway. Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks to Manny Jack and all of our supporters. Really appreciate you. All right, now that we've got all these plugs out of the way. So we have our good friend Fitz on. We talk a lot for an hour about Jack Eichel, the Boston game, the game tonight versus Le Mignon and the Flyers and a lot like that. But I, I feel like it's important to recap some news that at least happened so we can kind of get some things out of the way before we go on a, a nonsense hour-long rant with our friend Fitz. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov is coming into the United States. He's already landed. He will be, uh, apparently the report is to be ready in seven days from two days ago. So uh, in this case, we could see Vitaly Kravtsov as soon as next week, which would be, I think, early next next Tuesday. I'll double check right now. Well, he's, he's, ready, he's ready to practice in a week. Right. I'll be stunned if he's immediately put into a game unless, 
I mean, I, I, the bigger news tonight is who didn't play for the New York Rangers, which we knew Phil DiGiuseppe was already on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he missed the game over the weekend. But the big news today was we thought we were going to get excited for um, Tarmo's big debut, and he played fine, we He's, should say. Yeah, he played fine, had an assist with he, Artemi Panarin. So. Yeah, he, he did fine. We thought that was going to be the big news of the day because Jack Johnson got waived. Everything started to look up. Yep. Uh, but then the big news dropped literally two minutes after we found out that Tarmo was coming up, and it's that Pavel Buchnevich and Adam Fox are now on the COVID-19 list. That's, right. So let's break down the implications of this because we can't overstate how important this is, right? Yep. Like, just yep. – we don't know how long that they'll be out at this point in time. When this happened right. last year, we, we don't know if they have it. We don't know if they're close contacts. We have. It would be irresponsible for us to say one way or the other. That is correct. Last time this happened, for reference, it was Keandre Miller, and Keandre Miller was out for one game, uh, and then it was back the next. So that sure, was, but Kako missed a week. That's correct. So we need to see exactly what happens with Adam Fox and Pavel Buchnevich. I don't need to tell you this, but. The Rangers are playing in in order, and, and Greg goes through this later in the episode when talking about ice time. Uh, they're playing the Flyers on Wednesday and then the back-to-back versus Capitals, and those teams are very good. You saw the, how good the Flyers were tonight. I mean, they're not great right now. The Flyers are struggling, but the Capitals are good. No cap, no kizzy on that one. There you go. Uh, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Gonna have uh, to delete that tweet. Yep. Anyway, delete, uh, that tweet. delete that tweet. I'm calling you out. Delete that tweet. Uh, they're really good teams. So Adam Fox, and I'm not breaking any news here, probably one of the best players in, and definitely the best defenseman and maybe a top five defenseman in all of NHL hockey right now um, is going to be out possibly for, I said possibly like 19 times here, but for a good extent of time. And that's going to yeah, I mean, really well, reduce the, the chances forget- of winning here. Yeah, forget forget about the long term implications. You saw the you you saw tonight the short term implications. The New York Rangers have had shockingly, to all of our surprise, one of the best penalty kill units in the entire National Hockey League. Second ranked as of uh, Saturday, yes. But you the the Rangers tonight lost their best penalty killing forward and their best penalty killing defenseman. So forget forget about all the good things that Pavel Buchnevich does at five on five. Forget about all the good things Adam Fox does five five on five. Think just for a second what they do on the penalty kill. And the Rangers simply did not have those two players tonight. They were abysmal on the penalty kill. What, what Three of the four goals, I think, were power play goals for the... I believe, it, I believe it was uh, two of the three, and then one got called off from the offsides. Got it. So it, it's it's immediate cause and effect. And we, we talk about this with Fitz a lot. And while it's hard to believe that Pavel Buchnevich has now become the most important penalty killing forward for the New York Rangers, something we never would have thought was possible. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's one thing when you don't have Artemi Panarin for an extended period of time. It's one thing when you don't have Philip Hedl, Capo Caco, Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba. When you lose these guys independently, it obviously is going to hurt your team. The Rangers lost both of their top penalty kill players before tonight's game. And they knew this was coming because we know Larry Brooks tweeted out this morning how odd it was that the New York Rangers didn't have a run through this morning and that something might've been up and the Rangers did not have an answer on a penalty kill. As Brett Howden came back into the lineup, you're going to be surprised that his presence on the penalty kill did not have as much of an effect as coaches would have liked. But more importantly, you take Fox away, Ryan Lindgren quite literally just can't do it all by himself. No, he so can't. It's, it, you know, it's, it's Hayek has to play with somebody. I saw your I saw your interaction with Colin, uh, which was very funny. Where you were saying like, <laughs> "What is what are we doing playing Hayek with Lindgren?" But 
It's true. Like, what are we doing? Like, what? Are they, I'd rather have Smith or something, and just and bot, Hayek should be a bottom well, pair. Well, again, it's not it's not an ideal scenario because again, like the Rangers weren't able to get any kind of thing going today because they knew this was happening. They wanted to make sure right. everyone else was not going to have a positive test, so they probably went through extra protocols before the game, which is why they didn't have the morning skate. But right. to me, common sense would say you just put Lindgren with Truba, you just put Miller with Smith because Miller and Smith played together while Truba was out. And then you kind of just hope that Tarmo and Libor are able to survive on the third pairing. Yeah. On their 10 minutes Um, or 10 to 15 minutes of play. That's it. Yeah. But I look, I, to Colin's point at some point, like someone does have to play with Lindgren. There's only so much you can do. Um, But yeah, losing just Fox would have been a huge blow losing just Buchnevich would have been a huge blow. The fact that the Rangers got a point tonight out of losing both of those guys, uh, once again, speaks more poorly of the Philadelphia Flyers than it does about the New York Rangers. It does, for sure. Uh, as close as the game was, the, the Rangers, we say this again later a little bit, no business being in this, literally. With, None. With, None. With, with what they're running out there and with how, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crap on our defense corpse right now, but... Truba, Truba had a rough night, I thought. There were a couple of mis- misplays by him. Miller has regressed uh, a little bit back to a rookie wall. Lindgren is Ryan Lindgren. He was, like, supposed to uh, – uh, he's he's probably the best defenseman out there right now, legitimately. Uh, and then Hayek was supposed to be a ninth defenseman. And then you have Tarmo as an emergency, and Brendan Smith is probably not going to be on this team in a few weeks. I think, I think he'll likely be traded in some capacity. So – you, a, a flyer team that is quite good. I, the refs were awful, truly terrible. Uh, but uh, just yeah, I, there, there was there was a lot that so went wrong tonight. Stuff. So much yeah, questionable. A lot stuff. that went wrong tonight, and we're not going to be two guys to sit here and tell you that you should take some moral victories from this game because at at the end of the day, the New York Rangers left a point on the table. I, I think it's pretty clear this was a game the Rangers should have won. A night they were shorthanded, a win they most desperately needed if they wanted to make playoffs this year, and they left that point on the table. And you can be upset about that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're crazy for thinking that. At the same time, the fact that we're saying the Rangers left the point on the table is just a huge mark against the Philadelphia Flyers in my mind. And who would have thought that Elaine Vigneault is just not being able to do it with the roster that he has? Incredible. Never heard of it. This man has all this talent. And he's like, you know what? We just stink. It's too bad. You know what really just... sucks, though, Greg? And I, I want to circle back just for a minute. Saturday, okay. Saturday was one of the best played games for the New York Rangers of all all year. They mm-hmm. absolutely dismantled an incredible Boston Bruins. Not in, like I mean, it's not like they're world beaters right now. And I know the Bruins are, have got had their up and downs too, but that that was a dismantling like I've never seen before. And our, our good friend mm-hmm. Keith, who had a had a uh, blunder tonight at the end of the game, but I I don't think this game was on Keith at all. But I do think he had a pretty bad pass at the end of the game. Like he had a shutout versus the Boston Bruins, and it wasn't he really faced no high danger shots. I think it was one high danger shot out of the nineteen or eighteen he had, and mm-hmm. so to have that game and then lose Fox, lose Buchnevich, like there's no consistency through the season because this team keeps facing these terrible, terrible situations that continue to come up no matter what happens. Well, Ryan, even if Fox and Buchnevich played tonight. You're you're what you're what you're essentially getting at, if I'm not mistaken, is you're a little frustrated that there's just no consistency, right? I just wish that we the, this stranger team could go a Monday without something catastrophe happening. That's it. Yeah, but at, the, the catastrophe aside, the Rangers are the youngest team in hockey. You're not going to have consistency when you're playing. We 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 say that the Rangers are children a lot when Fitz is on the podcast, so you're going to hear 
that phrase a lot in the next, oh, I don't know, an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, but sorry. Consistent Consistency is the last thing that comes mm-hmm. when you're a young team. That's why when young teams go on deep playoff runs, it's that much more special because they're doing the one thing that is the hardest to accomplish when you're a young team. That's playing consistent. That That's why the Rangers will have games where on one night they can shut out the Boston Bruins and flat out dominate the game dominate. against the team that we think will be one of the last four teams remaining when it comes to Stanley Cup playoff times. And then two nights before that, the Rangers can look like they don't belong in the National Hockey League. That That is what you get when you're a team this young. You're going to get some really incredible highs. You're going to get some really crushing lows. So it's to expect anything else from this team and to to put that inconsistency on any one person. In this instance, that one person will probably be David Quinn because that is who we like to blame these things on. Um, it's unfair. It, it, it really is. The only way you can get consistency in my mind is by just going through it, by playing, by playing the games, by getting the experience, by learning really hard lessons. By understanding what failure is and understanding how to achieve greatness. So to me, the Rangers are going to play more games like this, where in the first period they could look like absolute crap. And in the second period, they could look like a team that could go on a deep Stanley Cup playoff run. And by the end of the game, the Rangers are losing a disappointing affair in overtime. It, It screams inconsistency because that's what you should expect when you're the youngest team in hockey. You hopefully can coach some of this out of them. And you hope that the Rangers have the right man to do that. And we will find out depending on how quickly the Rangers timeline improves. Because again, we expect the New York Rangers to be a playoff team next season. I I think all of us would be disappointed if the Rangers weren't playing playoff hockey, meaningful playoff hockey next year. I agree. Totally agree. But the window opens. Yeah. In order to get there though, you have to experience these peaks and valleys and inconsistencies, and you have to understand what's working and what's not working. And it, it seems like, the Rangers are having a better understanding of what is working and what it isn't. Jack Johnson isn't playing. DeAndre Miller gets more ice time. Capococco gets more ice time. Not tonight, but on a more consistent basis. Alexei Lafreniere is put into more positions to succeed. You, you see guys moving up the lineup and are, that are being elevated where the Rangers feel like they're answering questions. But the problem is the Rangers are trying to answer so many questions simultaneously. You're just going to have stinkers. And while I don't think necessarily tonight was a stinker. Again, I, I do think this is a different game if you just have your normal penalty kill unit. So much of the Rangers' struggles tonight were because yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not going to blame the refs. The refs, if they were shitty, yes, but they were shitty for both teams. It's not like they were specifically shitty for one team more than the other. It's a different game if the Rangers have Buchnevich and Fox on a penalty kill. It's a game the Rangers probably win, but, you know, I, it's it's tough. When you're this young, you're going to have some weird just extremes in the same season. And I, It's going to be tough for us to sit here and evaluate all of them equally because imagine if there wasn't a game tonight. We were just talking about the 4 nothing win against the Bruins. But also imagine if there wasn't a game after the 4 nothing drubbing the Rangers had against the Bruins. We essentially did it on BSBOT where we essentially retired Alex, uh, Alex Georgiev. Um, those extremes are just going to exist. And maybe you and I need to do a better job of not trying to live in the moment too much and understand that this is a young team and all that fun stuff. But I got to tell you, it's a lot more fun to overreact. And it's why we do it. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean any less that, you know, 
Some nights the Rangers are going to look good. Some nights the Rangers are going to look bad. And it's not that the Rangers took an amazing step forward after one Bruin game and they took seven steps back after a different Bruin game. It's all, it's, it's a 56 game marathon or it's a 56 game sprint buried in a marathon, I guess we should say. So it's, you know, buckle up. It's, it's going to be weird for the rest of the season. True. Especially if Fox and Buchnevich aren't playing. True word. Yes. Let's see how the next couple of games go. Uh, we have an hour-long interview with our friend Fitz. Actually, it's just us hanging out, so enjoy listening to that. And uh, we're going to transition to that right now. We'll be back later in the week to talk about the uh, the, the next Flyers game. Uh, so probably post it on Friday morning. You'll hear us talk about that, too. Here we go. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We're recording late on a Monday night. We're recording directly after the game where our good friend Keith Kincaid just made an outlet pass to the, directly to the Philadelphia Flyers and then got deep to score in overtime. And we have, we're joined with our friend, uh, uh, Mr. Fitz, who is of Twitter fame. How are you doing, Mr. Fitz of Twitter fame? <laughs> I'm good, my friends. Thank you, as always, for having me on. What a, uh, what a roller coaster of a night, huh? I'm Unbelievable stuff. Really, like, the Rangers had no... no need to be in this game no like want to be in this game especially in the first period but to to not have Buchnevich of course it was someone you uh, are very fond of of course and uh my have, favorite have my always favorite carried the, the carried the torch for for a very long time never lost faith well noted uh and to not have literally the best player on the team outside of our team Panarin and Adam Fox uh to to be in the game is kind of like oh okay nice surprise but to lose in the way you did, and especially when it was kind of like down the stretch there, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if either of you gentlemen felt this way, but like Lafreniere, I felt like had a really sloppy overtime. Uh, Capococco was literally nowhere to be found. Uh, I think he got like kind of quinbinned a little bit the second half of the game. So just kind of uh, a, a very deflating loss in what in in what should be like a nice silver lining situation of like, hey, the Rangers like played a game where they didn't have their two best penalty killers and stayed alive uh, until Keith got undressed in overtime. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Keith. Poor, Keith's going to hear it a well, lot. Yeah, I know. And Are you guys going to give it to him more than anyone else or is it just going to be the... It will be nice or I'll be nice, Greg. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Keith, Keith has pulled a knife on me once. I don't know what he'd do to me tonight if I... Uh... Just bleep that out? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he did it playfully. No, I, I'm ale- still alive. Allow- I didn't get, let's, I didn't let's, get figure, let's do this, Gregory, because we're lawyers okay. now. Allegedly, okay. Keith. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, there yeah. you go. Allegedly, I... I saw it with my two own eyes mm-hmm. because it was in, directly... In your opinion. Okay, good. Right, in my opinion. Now no, we're covered. I mean, now we're covered. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to at least give it a, a couple hours here to breathe. But yeah, yeah, no, he's gonna get razzed. Yeah, I think on like Saturday night it'll be like a little late. The Rangers will Saturday get night? No, I'm I'm like nine thirty tomorrow oh, morning. You I gotta, you're gonna go to bed, and wake up, and, and send it. Is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. You gotta get it going oh, yeah. nice and early. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. get, get get him right in the morning when he's still thinking about it. Clearly. Well, Georgie's <laughs> definitely starting the next start, which is unfortunate. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Which is so 100%. unfortunate. Um, I don't think Igor is gonna be ready uh, for a couple more games here, in my opinion. But. Uh, Georgie, like I think this is an alternated goalie situation. Like even though Keith kept got them to overtime, made some saves, and uh, they were saved by a, a, a review once in a while. There, there's there's absolutely no way. I just don't see a situation where Quinn's like, you know what, I'm Ryan Keith again. There's <laughs> just there's no way. Does it, does Goche stay in next game? Right, he's got it. Oh my Obviously. god, 
I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look back. I think every penalty Julian Gauthier has committed this year is in the face. It has to be. It, it has to it, be. It's all in the face, dude. You can only hit crossbars in face. Like that. Every time he's going been... for like a lift or like he's forechecking, I'm like, he's about to whack this guy in the face, dude. He's about to just slap him across the face with a stick. It's incredible. I do. I do. here's the thing though. I love him. I I don't know if it's it's his style of play, and the more I watch him, I don't know if it's just because I I. I miss Benoit Pouliot so much in my life, but he's just Benoit Pouliot. That's all he, that I, to me, he's like a carbon copy. Pouliot, come yeah. on the show. It's not an insult to I, Pouliot. His year with the Rangers is one of the most fascinating single season performances from a New York Ranger. And he was vital to that team's yeah. success. That line, so was, this is, that line was amazing. This is 100% me trying to flame, uh, not flame, but boost up Gauthier even more. It, he, Greg. I Greg, just, yeah, tell me. Greg, how how excited are you for when Kravtsov joins and the ice time stuff starts? Oh, I <laughs> let's see. Um, how excited are you for five more years of Jim Beheim? Oh, come on, there's no, no need for that. <laughs> Gregory, oh, I thought you were going to wait till the wow. morning. That's so rude. Listen, you know, you know, I hate the ice time stuff just as much as you do. Like full yeah, disclosure it, oh, to everyone I, out there, like we, me and Greg, me and Greg DM about this all the time. I think it's funny. I think it's so funny. You get. To, the people I think know at this point now not to complain about it as much anymore because everyone's just so sick of it. But in early in the season, I thought Greg was going to just have a meltdown about the ice time stuff on Twitter. And I hate saying well, this. It's because Greg's fucking right. He is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's the thing. It's, it's, there are, you can only put so many pins down before you realize you have too many pins. And there's only, everybody's a winner. So everyone complains about someone not getting ice time, but it's like, there are only four wing spots in the top four and three of your wingers are Pavel Buchnevich, Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin. So yeah, they're just not going what, are you, anywhere. what are we, what are we doing? And then you're going to add Kravtsov into this. I, I will say the easy answer here is Brendan Lemieux, right? But yeah, oh even my God, then easily. how many times on this podcast have the three of us discussed how little David Quinn thinks of his fourth line, like that fourth line still going to play less than 10 minutes a night. Very yeah. little. Oh, 100%. And they're not going to, I mean, it's the same as like his third pair on defense. Like, I give Quinn credit that he, he kind of just rides his top players, to be honest with you. Like some things he does. Dude, he did it all night tonight. Like, I guess yeah, like Kako, you Kako wasn't good enough for him in the first or whatever. And he was like, that's it for him tonight. And like, you know, I'm salty, of course, because I'm, I'm Kako Stan 1000%. But I did, you didn't see him again in the overtime. It was like rotate Strom, rotate Kako, oh, yeah. rotate Mika, rotate Panarin. Just like that was it. That's he that probably is. he probably should have been out. I would have. I, I mean, it, also we have to remember he kind of just how how long ago has it been since he's come off the COVID list? Like, just a week or so. I mean, but like even then, know? like run him out there. Like I don't know. I, I know I, Lafreniere was out there, but he looked he looked a little lost tonight. In my opinion. Oh no, for sure. I I think he, he had a couple like he he he. I was shocked he was out there in the overtime. To be honest, I did not expect that. I mean, you know who looked great though tonight? Who I've just I, I fall in love with more every game is Filipino man. My God, Filipino's a. Filipino is a is a stud, man. Like, is he still only twenty? Or he's like twenty one. I think he's gonna be twenty two soon. I'll double check for you guys right now. He is right so away. good, man. I, yeah. <laughs> get, uh, was, Tar, was Tarmo? Isn't Tarmo twenty three? That's disgusting. yeah. Tar, Tarmo's an, Tarmo's a senior citizen. Why? Why would you wow. even bring him up? He's, he's not even gonna be twenty two until next September. Jesus Christmas. Yeah. I'm, Heedle isn't. Oh yeah, Heedle. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's almost done with his prime. It's really gonna be really rough when he's gone, but. It's uh, uh he, he looked awesome when he stole the puck in OT. It was like, oh man, this is a coming out moment. And then they skated cardio for like four more minutes before they could turn uh, it up. That, to- over, 
that overtime was incredible. They, had, I've never seen a team because I knew they were gonna, they, you know, they were gonna lose on some some bullshit. Honestly, once once they had the puck for what three and a half minutes and got like one shot on goal, well, I think can, out of it. Can we just say this right now and let's get it out of the way? Wasn't and I hate to be the guy in the MSG stands, but I think we all have to be. Wasn't this the classic shoot the puck game? Like the entire oh, game, yeah. like there wasn't a mo- there was so many different plays and a power play. Offensive Strom play. Oh Every, my god! Well, come Strom on, Ryan Strom's existence at this point, bro. Like, <laughs> I like. I, I, he's he's. I, I I we all make fun of Ryan. He's Strom good, so though. much, and he's good. I can't. I can't even like. He he, he puts up points. His like fancy stats are good, and I don't know what it is, but I just love making fun of him when he does it. <laughs> you know, you know who Ryan Strom is. I've been thinking about this for weeks. I just haven't gone public with it because I don't want to talk to people about this guy either. But Ryan Ryan Strom's Daniel Murphy. They're the exact oh, same man. player. They really are. Oh my god! That's, because Murphy, that's Murphy, up. Murphy was amazing, right? Whenever he was on fire, he was lights out. But he would do one or two things a game where he'd be like, "This guy's a fucking goof." Yeah, and like how just, is this guy in the major leagues? How how did he get here? Yeah, yeah then he hits three thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as soon as the Rangers trade him, he's going to become a freaking national a heart trophy winner. But. Yeah, I, every time I see Ryan Strom now, I'm just like, oh my god, it's Daniel Murphy on skates. I definitely think he's outgrown the the Kelly Oubre comparison for sure. Although Kelly Oubre not been bad recently either. Not gonna lie. There you go. There he's gonna get traded anyway. It's, it's all right. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, Wiseman, Oubre, and, and the pick for Beal. There Light it years. is. We're there, back. there it is. <laughs> Never happening. Um, <laughs> In this situation, so shoot the puck was a big theme all night. And then also, like, the refereeing, like, this is was one of the worst ref games I've seen all season. I don't understand how you can review. Like, it's a play that happened two days later. Lafreniere sh- literally showed the blood earlier this week against Boston. They were like, no way. And then they reviewed it again because no one saw it. So if no one saw Lafreniere get hit in the face, then we can review the blood? I've, I'm so confused. Somebody tell me what is actually happening. Yeah, that, that was absurd. I mean, the play went on for like another ten seconds, and just because Drew is laying on the ice, I didn't know you could review penalties. Is that is that new this year or something? It's a, a nice strategy, though. Hey, if I lay, if I lay on this ice, they'll go check the cameras. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going. Av for knows it. where all Av knows where all the oh hidden angles God, are. I wish we could have beaten this clown. <laughs> What a clown, dude. I'm so sick of him. Here's the thing. We got to get our Elaine Vigneault jokes in anyway, because this is the second time this year where the Flyers are playing a close game with the New York Rangers, when the New York Rangers don't have the business of being in a close game with the Philadelphia Flyers. The the Flyers were the opponent they played when Artemi went AWOL. And then the Rangers are without Fox and Buchnevich tonight. And, of course, Phil DiGiuseppe, you know, the god. Right. But Fox Fox (laughs) and Buchnevich – the Rangers, how are the Rangers in this game? It's, I'm not here to say that there are moral victories. I'm not here to say the Rangers actually played well. The, I, I am amazed, absolutely amazed, how important and imperative Pavel Buchnevich and Adam Fox are to the Rangers' penalty kill because yeah, they, they, they were lost and hopeless on the penalty kill tonight, something they haven't been all season. And I'm sure it has more to do with the fact that it's not just the fact that it was Buchnevich and just the fact that it was Fox. It's the fact that it was both of them at the exact same time. And they didn't have a practice this morning because they were worried about COVID-19 protocols. Um, but man, if you told me before the season that if the Rangers lost Buchnevich and Fox in the same game, that their penalty kill would look like what it's looked like for the last five years before this, that's just crazy to me. It, it's, it really is incredible that the difference in this game at the end of the game is the fact that the Rangers 
two best penalty killers weren't playing tonight. And it's even more ridiculous that we're saying this about Pavel Buchnevich, someone who none of us, none of us, you're, you're lying to yourself if you thought Pavel Buchnevich had this element in his game before the season started. None of us thought he would be the top penalty-killing forward for the New York Rangers. That's, that, that's banana land kind of uh, stuff. I bet you Hockey Stat Modder would say he believed it. I bet you he would. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely he traded, would. He traded a six-pointer to get that opinion off, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I, I can't disagree with one word you just said, Greg. I mean, the Booch stuff is unbelievable to me. I remember talking to my dad about it, honestly, because my, my dad wasn't like a huge Booch fan either. He's like, yeah, he's like one of the three most important players on the on the team right now. No, he's I'm top like, three, yeah, for he, sure. He genuinely is. Like, he's been there, I mean, considering Panarin's their best forward, but he missed two weeks. So, Booch has been their most consistent forward this year outside of Panarin, and I, I genuinely never thought I was going to say those words. I thought he was going to be the next Chris Kreider in terms of the streakiest person literally in the history of the sport. Oh, Chris Kreider's fire or ice, and he's back to ice right now. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's back to ice. <laughs> it's, just, it's just he's slowly regressing back to that ice school state, and that's just who he is. He, either he'll heat up or not. Buchnevich, like his ability to play defense, which, again, what you just said, I did not think that would come into play really ever in his career, but here we are uh, praising him for really – uh, everything. Trans- literally, literally everything literally everything single part of his game um i, I hope that everybody could be more like Pavel Buchnevich in their life but uh yeah. it's, well, it's before ryan before mm-hmm. before you get off the Buchnevich topic let's talk about the elephant in the room is there a scenario where the new york rangers could survive by trading pavel Buchnevich? are oh, we yeah. at a point now where is tonight a perfect example of why the rangers cannot trade pavel Buchnevich? and is pavel Buchnevich? For example, is Pavel Buchnevich more important to the Rangers' long-term success than Chris Kreider? Yes. I don't think this is even a question right now, right? Like, Chris Kreider obviously is signed for long-term, so he's not going anywhere. But Pavel Buchnevich, like, Krasnow's probably getting traded, likely, you know, even if he comes over here and rips it up. Or maybe maybe it's Kako. Who knows? Who knows which wingers they end up trading? But one of those wingers is going probably to get Eichel or another center or um, just for assets they, they believe because they have wingers coming out their ears in, in this condition. So Chris Kreider is is not nearly as important despite his offensive production because Buchnevich just has the defensive ability. Like, who's defensively responsible on the New York Rangers right now? Serious question. So it's like Brett Howden, <laughs> like uh, no. Buchnevich. Yep. Excuse you, Kevin Rooney. It's Kevin Ro- it's, it's legit- Kevin Rooney. It's legitimately Kevin Rooney, Kevin Blackwell, Philip Heedle, Heedle, and like Mika Zavinajad. Yeah, I honestly, I could. I mean, Panarin's not terrible defensively, I guess, but he's not like a. And I'm not, I'm not like. And notably, he has told everybody, I, I, I play offense. I don't play the PK. Like that. Yeah, was, yeah exactly. that's a quote. Exactly. That's a quote from him. Like that's not happening. And you know what? Kudos to him for being honest. <laughs> that's why. That's why they all love him. I think. Yeah. Like, well, like Quinn and there's a there's a quote Quinn had the other day where he like talked to Torts. When they signed him, and Torts is like, yeah, he's like one of my favorite players I've ever coached. He said, like, he said the actual quote is, he's the best tired player I've ever coached. Yes, Which, you're right. I should probably remember that considering I, I had to cut the video for work. So that's yeah. pretty bad by hey, me. Hey, listen, it's all right. I, I'm here to help you. That's why we're friends, Fitz. But in this that's, is- that's why I'm number three on the SNY employee oh. protocol, who's, 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 appeared, who's appeared on this podcast. It's okay. one. It's okay. Like, two. The Athletics doesn't even know we exist anymore sometimes. I don't, now, hold on. I don't think Spenley has been on the 
The, he's been he went to a live show, something that you famously don't want to do, mm. despite saying twice you wanted well, to do. It. Pandemic yeah. has really given you an out on those. To be fair, great. I, you know what? It's been a really weird year, but not having to leave the the premises has been very nice. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> not surprising at all. But yeah, no one's defensively sound on this team, really on the on the forward side, and that's why I I think to answer your question, Greg Butchevich is a is someone you have to work a deal with he's still very young you can keep him for the next five six years and i'm sure uh maybe hopefully you can get kind of that that hometown discount but like he probably deserves a lot more whatever you're gonna give him isn't isn't this the real bummer about it happening this year and not last year yep like imagine this was the pavel buchnevich we were seeing last year Kreider, do we think Kreider gets that extension if we were seeing this pavel buchnevich Actually, Probably I, I, I want to disagree with Fitz just for a second. Not, not because I, you know, I hate him or anything, and I, I would tell him if I did. But I think that I think they really like similar reasons as to why they kept Mark Stahl for a long time, and like instead of buying out Mark Stahl and they bought out Kevin Shattenkirk, they really respect Kreider in a way that's like the character thing. Yeah, I agree with that. He's like the only. He's also like the only link the left to like the old guard. Yeah, exactly. Like. It, uh, He's the only one that's been here a minute. And also, like, they just don't have any guys who are, like, a lot of adults or grown-ups. Like, their their team is full of children. Literally. Like, they, when everyone's healthy, they have, like, one or two guys who are 30 years old on the team. Brendan like, Smith is literally a senior, like, on this team. Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's an aging. old man. He, I think we're the same age. I'm going to go check. Uh, yeah, like, he's, I, I, looked it up, I looked it up this weekend because I was talking about it with a friend. I was like, I don't think I, the Rangers – roster anyone my age and then i i saw brendan smith was two months older than i was and boy that that was a real kick to the nads right there yeah yeah it's it's like crazy they they literally have no like adults they're all they're all legitimately children like even truba is like he's got he's married and everything i'm pretty sure but he is, yeah he's like 26 he's he's my age he's like 27 or something yeah like he's not an old he's not an old guy he hasn't been around the i mean he's been around the league for a minute but like Kreider has been through, he's just a vet. He's like a vet in every set. He's literally been in every situation you could imagine. That's why a, I don't think there was there was any way. Like even if Uchenevich yeah, no, was no, that's playing, a good point. There's no way they would let him go because they they knew Hank was going right. Like let's be honest, they they knew Hank, but they were they were going to part ways. At least in my opinion. And then Mark, oh yeah, they definitely knew. They they had to know. And then Mark yeah. Stahl, they were like, all right, we're getting this guy out of here. <laughs> we can send we can send a second. All right, sounds good. Well, right, we we we've worked it on that. And then who's left? Like they don't trust. Like yeah, you've known Truba for a year, but who else are you going to trust to really be quote unquote better in the room? Like Jack Johnson. Like that's who you're going to that. That's the reason they used to bring him in. Like I don't think he's. I I haven't heard one locker room thing about Jack Johnson, but that's okay. Like it was they had to they had to rely on Chris Kreider. There's no other way. Yeah, and like with the amount of Russian prospects they have, he speaks Russian a little bit. Like that's a very big thing. Those are like little things that I mean, they should, do they should they matter? I don't know. Who are we to say honestly? But I think they do to like a, a, like a, a macro human interaction level. So like keep them around. I mean, Chris Crowder's still going to be good until he he just his hips stop working, which Lord knows when. You're five. You guys... You're five of the contract. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's like I think. I think he's going to age better than people think, to be honest, because Chris Kreider is, is just a, a freak of a human being. And until like his body like legitimately just falls apart, I think he's going to be fine. Like he's always going to be six, three and two twenty, and a freak athlete and just skate the fastest you'll ever see in a straight line. Can't really go side to side. Nope. Can't stick handle at all. God willing. I mean, I give the guy some credit, but 
you ask him to make a move, it looks like he's, he's throwing a hand grenade or something. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Booch, I, I just want to give love to Booch because pe- all jokes aside, people who have been following along for a long time know I was <laughs> not a Booch fan at all for like those those last two AV years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I give the guy all the credit in the world. Like he's just becoming insane. Uh, people will yell at me and say he's always been this good. Oh, I don't care. He was not always this good. All right, like he. He was an inconsistent player, and he would show flashes, and it would be even more frustrating because you could see what he could be. But now he's, he's like, honestly, I think Quinn did wonders for him and just, like, letting him be himself as, like, a human being. Like, you see, like, he stares down Frederick the other day after he scores, and, like, he's always just making those faces on the bench, whether it's happy or sad. Like, I feel like he was just, A.V. was just a terrible human being to him. He was. And that's yeah that's like we know that actually. that's like, like that's kind of confirmed my man like, yeah oh no that's common knowledge i mean we've all we, the, what was that in the russian article right yeah he was like yeah, yeah he would ignore me wouldn't talk to me and all this shit like played tanner and showed show me pictures of tanner glass and my he, he faxed them to my house like <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole but, thing but the real question is pavel buchnevich better than zach hyman mm. <laughs> no i don't understand this is um what, where did this idea come from just, just curious. Just an idea you had. I just, I, I can't believe I. It's, it's a month after Valentine's Day. I'm just, I'm shocked. Larry Brooks broke up with Josh Anderson. It's hard. It's hard. You got to move on, Brady. That's it. The Josh, the Josh Anderson stuff is still some of the, legitimately the. I swear to God, it must have been every day, every article for six or seven months. I feel like would mention Josh Anderson at some point. I feel like you know, talking about Filipino's development. You know who's developing real great, even though he hasn't played in like eight months because he broke his shoulder blade. Josh, Josh Anderson. <laughs> That's who the Rangers need. Some real sandpaper for their bottom six. Like, Dude, when they called him a grinding man. winger, I was like, oh my god, what are we doing here? What is the point? I, listen, Larry, oh, Larry is the best at getting me talking. Nobody better. Uh, we, I think we gets the clicks, man. He's figured it out. Dude, we've said it on this podcast a thousand times. Like, do I ever agree with Larry? What's saying? Not usually. I mean, but in this case. He's just – he gets me – he sets the narrative for the day. We've done so many BSBOTs. Larry releases an article. We're like, all right, we can do 30 minutes on this super easy. <laughs> he was the original – he was the original Fitz's free content of the week. He's Larry the best Brooks invented it. it. He, he's, yeah, and you, you improved on it. That was just it. We were like, oh, yes. these are interesting points. Let's steal them from Fitz and do a show on them. <laughs> I wonder how many of those were on Papo Bushnish getting traded. Uh, if we look back, it would be a couple, I think. I'm sure. I'm sure. But the well, tr- I'm still – Fitzy, I'm still convinced that it wasn't that you actually hated Buchnevich. I think you just hated how much people were standing Buchnevich. To an extent, yeah. I I just think people thought he was a lot better than he was. Turns out he for is. a while there, and but he is. Yeah. He's, he's that. He, he's what it looks like. Like he's that dude. If Kapo became um, Pavel Buchnevich, I'd be thrilled. Oh, I'd be I'd be thrilled. Yeah. I would be so happy. Thrilled, especially Buch. Honestly, like some of the the. This thing he when he really won me over, like I was coming over to his side like last year because he was good last year. Um, but when he did the guitar thing at that Merzlikens <laughs> dude against the Blue Jackets, yes. I was like, all right, like I'm in. This dude is petty as fuck. Like, He's so dude, petty, bro. He is petty. Like he, he I, I, you guys know me. I'm a huge Draymond Green fan because he is, and Steph Curry because they like they they're petty. Like they remember stuff when guys like talk shit to them or do anything like that and they get them back and like boosh doing that stuff i love that i love that you i need wish more flavor had more of that yeah exactly i mean you guys know how i feel about the league oh, and how it's like 
oh my god <laughs> like I, I like guys like booch are like fun like they're fun like he wears his emotions legitimately on his sleeves and i respect that i genuinely respect that they're rare man especially like you know it's it's panarin does the same thing you can kind of see yeah. like he's he's not He's not like the the pettiness that Puchnevich is, but you can see like he's got that like cockiness and fun on the ice. Like like he me- was high he was high stepping. It looked like when someone sc- when Blackwell scored it's, today. It's like, ridiculous. Like, you saw him going behind the net. And he was like jumping up and down, literally like skipping across the ice. Like I I love I love that. That's what I like. Like listen, the three of us like we suffered through some some pretty bleak years there for, for the like like Connor Brickley and. And the John Gilmore top mm. two defenseman era, Neil Piak. I mean, hey, Neil's dick killing I, it now, bro. Relax. <laughs> it, that's very true. But but it's like I'm very excited that they they finally have like some talent, even and guys who like sh- show they love the game and like love playing. I respect that, and I wish more guys were like. That's why I like like Kreider, and you know, Booch has grown on me so much. Panarin. I mean, uh, Keandre Miller and Fox. Like they, they seem like they're like funny dudes and like laugh too, even. I mean, Booch and like. Oh, I think Kako love each other. I like, think Kravtsov is gonna come over here and be like a real like a pest. I really do. Yeah. I think that kid is full of cocky confidence. Just like total. Yeah. I don't. I don't care at all. I'm so I'm super excited to see what he does. Uh, it, it's it's a like we all. I mean, you guys have said it. I, I mean, listen to obviously not to shamelessly plug my good friends here, but this season has been. I've listened to every single episode, so you oh, guys wow. have Thank talked you. about it. How like. You didn't have much expectations like coming into this year. Like this wasn't supposed to be the leap year. Like I think everyone kind of knew after last year that there's like when Carolina just boat raced them in the bubble. I mean that there's still work to be done. But I mean seeing Keandre Miller honestly and the the leap Adam Fox has made just just solidified how excited I am for like this team's future and where they're going. I mean, it's been it's been remarkable to see. It's enough, bro. I, we we've seen like I know Miller's kind of at this point right now where he's struggling. He had a tough game tonight. Really struggling. He was tonight. great game. Great game again. We haven't talked about the Boston game at all, and I'm sure Greg and I will recap that on the uh, on the the opening here, talking about our good friend Keith. But or we already did rather, if you're listening to this. But Miller like had a great game on Saturday, and then he went right back to like kind of a, looking like a rookie again. And there's nothing wrong with that. These guys, these kids are learning, but you can already see the potential of what they they have. Like it, it upsets me in a game like tonight when it's closed that Kako doesn't get any ice time because um this is to me the time when you're like oh okay you can just like run him out there for a minute see if he can like handle the situation in OT or something like that. It's it's a proving point, it's a development point. And and like, is it gonna develop? Is it gonna ruin his career or whatever? No, I'm not freaking out. I just wish that happened. Same thing with Lafreniere. It was cool to have him out there to see if he can make those kind of passes in those situations with the ice, uh, with the open ice that he had. But unfortunately, he didn't make the most of it. And I thought he had a generally rough game. He said a rough couple games here, which is fine. Rookie wall again. Uh, I, I I think the those two those two kids are gonna be. Uh, this, I'm not breaking news here. The development of Lafreniere and Capocaca were gonna determine if this this team ever wins the Stanley Cup in the next 10 years like it, their their ceilings are where you go and that that's right I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you a little bit Love about it. the Kako ice time because I, th- I think one thing we've all taken a little for granted mm-hmm. this entire season I, an 80 a normal 82 game season is a grind in and of itself but I think we haven't done enough to talk about just how hard it is to play 56 games in the time frame the New York Rangers are attempting to play 56 games, especially considering they've already had games earlier this season canceled, which means there are just more games Grinding. added to the end of this season. Kako, for whatever reason, didn't have it tonight. And while in a normal season, 
especially when you're a team as young as the Rangers and a team is built like this, like the Rangers. I, I totally understand the thought process of just letting these guys play through it, but the Rangers have three more games this week yeah. in a five-game stretch, including a back-to-back on the road against Washington. I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with Quinn looking at Kako, seeing that he doesn't have it tonight, and uh, Shana posted the game scores afterwards. It, the, the numbers don't lie. Even the numbers you don't see on the ice, they don't lie. Kako didn't play particularly well. They got three more games this week. And if, if this is a way to try to get a couple extra miles out of Kako's legs in games and where he might have a little bit more pep in his step, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't think 12 minutes or less in one night is going to dictate any human being's future in the National Hockey League. It's, I just, I, I, I do think we haven't, I, and and I, I again, it's not an excuse for Keandre Miller. Everybody talks about a rookie wall that most people hit. It's part of what made Adam Fox's season so special last year that he just never hit one. But again, these guys are, they're playing a bunch of hockey in a very short time frame, and they have three more games before Saturday just this week. So it's it's tough for these guys to play 100% every night. And Quinn knows better than us when it comes to maybe some guy just, they need to lay off the gas a little bit. That'll be what's best for his game. Sometimes, you know, p- playing your way through it isn't somehow, sometimes how you break through the wall. Sometimes you need to take a step back and get a running start. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think... I don't think this is part of the reason why I get so upset when people are like shoving time on ice figures down your throat after every game. It's not every 60 minutes are the exact same as the 60 minutes before tonight. There are a lot of things that happen in this game and there are 60 more minutes on Wednesday and then another 60 on Friday and another 60 are on Saturday that nobody's going to watch because it's the same day as the first two days of March Madness, which are the best sports days of the year. Easily, but, easily, mind you. Yeah, it, it leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds, the best sports day of the year. But there are three more games this week. So if Kako doesn't get a whole lot of ice time tonight, that's fine. G- because guess what? Goche probably not going to be able to run later this week. Well, Goche, mostly because he's Goche, probably going to get He's going to get benched. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, Absolutely. Lafreniere is going to need a breather later this week. We don't know what if Buchnevich is a close contact or if he actually has the bug, if this is going to be a long-term thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's one night. Kako had a bad game. That's fine. They happen. It's not because he's not scoring points like Larry Brooks will point out there for you. I love, again, Larry, Larry immediately coming with the, well, Kako's doing everything well, but he's not scoring. So he's not doing anything well. It, it's that guy is, I strive to be him at his. He's end. so good. He's so good. Oh, I wish I could see his stuff, but I'm blocked by Larry on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I almost got there once, and then I said, hey, Larry, big fan, I, and he said, thank you. I honestly, I don't know why. I don't know what it was, because I was being very nice to him, because in the beginning of last year, he was he was still kind of firing at, at like, his Pedro, you know, yep. late Expos career. Like, he was, he was coming with some heaters last year, and maybe it was Josh Anderson that just <laughs> crossed the line. I, I think I, in the pandemic, when they lost locker room access and they don't have like the ability to kind of have these secret side conversations anymore, it's kind of been like, okay, how the hell, how the hell do I get clicks on my goddamn website at this point? I don't blame them whatsoever. Yeah, but that's yeah, me neither. They, they definitely can't. I mean, it's tough, tough, tough for everyone. It's been, it's weird. I, I, 
it's still weird seeing fans back at the game. Although I, I kind of like the pumped in crowd noise better than like 2000 people there. Cause it's just, you can barely hear them or anything. The, de- with the, filthy crowd the devil's, noises. the devil's crowd noise is awful. Just, just for record. Oh, yeah, it's, it's miserable. Like I, it makes me want to rip my eyes out and ears actually. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, like you guys said, no one's going to watch except me on the weekend because uh, I'm not watching college basketball because I don't care. But I uh, I, I really like this. You're, Greg, you make a great point with, with Kako. I really just wanted him out there for like a, you know, like a minute. You're right. Why not save him? Why, why risk anything? Just play the guys you were playing anyway. I, it's, it's really a non-complaint and a non-starter in this situation. Um, yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's just, it, again, I... To, not to beat a dead horse, but since Please you work do. for a baseball website, yeah, I, I do. Thank you. That we oh, make yeah, even more baseball analogies. By the way, thank you, friend. thank you. I accidentally I fell upwards into a position I don't deserve. So uh, there you go. It's the story of my life. <laughs> so you're living the dream. Yeah, you're living it's the story dream. of my life. So yeah, like if if Kako's performance tonight was that of a starting pitcher, though, it was like he had five innings. He gave up three runs on six hits. Yeah, it was like four runs. He yeah. he walked he walked a couple guys more than you would like. Like he, he didn't have Are an atrocious game, like but he didn't have a good G? game either. Are you saying he's like Dylan G? Wow, Dylan G. I, that is, I'm not gonna lie, Fitz. That is exactly who I had in my mind. He had a, <laughs> oh my he had a G-esque performance. Dylan G. What a throwback! Oh my God, what's up with him these days? Um, yes. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see what happens against. We're playing Elaine Vigneau and the Flyers again this Wednesday. Should be a great, uh, absolute time. Of course, we're recording right after that, Greg, as you know. Oh, uh, actually, funny story. Mm. We need to record Thursday. I can't record Wednesday. I can't record <laughs> breaking Thursday. news. Okay, I, we'll see. All right. Uh, uh, all I right. mean, I can record. I'm off Thursday, so we don't have to have this conversation right now. That's true. Okay, everyone, don't close your ears and forget this happened. And I'm not cutting we'll it. Cut out. that part. I'm not we'll cutting cut it. Part. I'm too lazy, and it's too late. Um, <laughs> right, you guys, you guys ready? Are we going to talk about? Uh, I feel like yeah. I, I told you guys a half hour, and I'm and now I'm just into it. So now we're. Gonna, I feel like we should keep going for a little while. But Jack Eichel, are we going? Are we yeah, going to bring him up? Let's do it. Um, let's do. Let's get it. Let's yeah, get let's it. get it. The first. The first time we wanted to talk about Jack Eichel with Fitz, Russian state media <laughs> prevented us from doing that. We needed to get someone from the Washington Post. Yeah, oh my Shout God. out to you, Fitz, for making two of the most important Rangers get COVID, by the way. Uh, unbelievable. Like, uh, first of all, shout out to you guys for making me feel inferior. You had two people on. <laughs> first, for first, Ishan yeah. and then Emma, who are both like the, the two corresponding episodes after I was gone, who have like, hundreds of thousands of twitter followers and like are really important people and then it's me who continues to make jokes about brett howden and yeah how but you were scheduled about the cardio you know we were going to talk to you about yeah. cardio and eichel and now here we are i mean <laughs> i mean brett, brett howden had an assistant i did he and 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 any capo capo didn't is it is it time to talk talk about it yeah well well howden i could be honest you could you could see the work workman attitude out there he was out there grinding giving all the effort okay let's get this out of the way fitz because i want to run this one by you is it. is it a conspiracy that Jack Eichel is playing hurt? Or rather, was playing hurt? Is he actually injured? Oh, man. Is he actually um, injured, or is this, or or is it just his feelings? I I think it's maybe he's hurt, but it's not as bad as they're. The rumor on. is right now. This is the alleged rumor from from what I can read on the internet is that he started the season with a cracked rib, and they pretty much were like Ooh. play through it. And then he did play through it. Then the team was the Buffalo Sabres, and he decided, wow, I'm not playing through this anymore. And that's the, the quote-unquote rumor, at least I saw. Wow. Okay. Um, well, first of all, good for him. If he has a cracked rib, he should not be playing. No. Why would he? Why should he risk further injuries for that 
fucking team. That that team is a disaster. Eleven losses in a row. Did you did you guys see the Rasmus Ristolainen quotes today too? No, please do tell no, me. I, I I feel bad about the Rasmus Ristolainen stuff. Did you hear? Did you see the stuff they said about him when he had COVID? No, please tell me everything. Oh, they said he was in bed, like couldn't move for twenty two days. What? Like, he there, he had a quote that he was like, "Yeah, no, I honestly thought if I went to sleep, I wasn't going to wake up." Yeah, Kr- Kruger had what? like a huge. They said he came back. He had literally no practices and came right back in and started playing. Wait, hold on. I'm not a doctor. I know I've said this on the podcast a lot. How on earth did they let that guy play? Insane, right? They they should be they should be investigated for that. (laughs) What? Um, Here, here's your here's your dose of Ristolainen today from good friend of the podcast John Vogel, who we will have on this show sooner or later. Uh, Quote: You can't lose your shit after a few losses. End quote. Then he explains after that. Quote: When it's your eighth year and it's been almost identical to the years in the past, at least I have a thick skin. I know how to handle it. You've got to keep your confidence up, and you've got to still work hard. You can't lose your shit after a few losses. The only way back is to work even harder. One way or the other, we need to get going. I feel like we need one win, and we relieve the pressure in the team, and then we can put some more wins together. The when it's your eighth year, and it's been almost identical oh to the years in the past, oh that line God. is bigger than the you can't lose your shit after a few losses to me. Oh. That sounds like Will Ferrell in Old School, where he's just <laughs> hitting the hitting the lockers with a chair. Like, get with the loser. Yo, it's... Oh, my... There's no way he stays. I don't know. You know, I don't know if he comes to the New York Rangers. I really don't. I think the Rangers are going to have the best package available. I don't think they'll offer a lot for near Fox or, or Kako. I've said some million goddamn times at this point. Uh, I, I think they'll offer Kraftsoff's Neil and plus Neil's and plus whatever, but there's no way he stays in Buffalo. I just, I don't see a situation where he's like, you know what? They can turn it around next year. I, there's, I just, how, how could you, you're going to waste your, like, I know we joke about prime spits and we're very good at this, but his actual prime is now he has like five oh, more, yeah. he has like five more years of it. You're going to waste it in Buffalo. Like Skinner's going to be on the team the whole time. What are you doing? The thing Skinner's not the problem. It's that it's, Ralph Kruger thinking Skinner is the problem is the problem. He, he, Greg, you're you're more of an EPL fan than I am. Oh, you know what, I am. I am a Southampton fan. The team Ralph Kruger came from. Are, are you? Are you? What's? Why did they? Did this guy have like a history in hockey, or did he, I? Did he, I miss so something? he used to be with the Oilers before he went to England to run a soccer organization. Uh, an organization, by the way, that was in its gold in the, like the twilight of its golden age, and Kruger took them out of it almost immediately. Um, Kruger's the guy that like hired a guy named Mark Hughes. Southampton was relegation fodder for a couple of years. It was miracles that they were staying up, all this good stuff. As soon as Kruger left, everything started swinging upwards again. That's not a coincidence. He, he was a hockey guy who went to soccer, but the problem is he was in soccer for like five years. This wasn't, this wasn't just a, a honeymoon that he took for a couple of years because the league didn't hire him. He was running a soccer organization. He wasn't scouting the NHL. He lives in Switzerland when he's not <laughs> freaking oh coaching God. the Buffalo Sabres. This isn't a guy who screams like he gives a shit about the National Hockey League. I, the, to me, it's the attachment to him. I, I don't know what yeah, more, why, more why evidence is he still you the need. coach. Why yeah, is he like, still the coach? If you, want to, if you wanted to try it, I'm all for trying to take weird swings, even though, again, Kruger – is kind of in the 40-man circle anyway, but he was like the 40th man in the circle. So if you want to try it with him, go for it. 
you have Jeff Skinner for six more years. You are more invested in Jeff Skinner than you are Ralph Kruger. There is no way Ralph Kruger is going to be the Buffalo Sabres coach in six years. Get someone in that can help Jeff Skinner. Stop trying to – it's them taking Kruger's side to me is absolute bonkers. I, I yeah. don't understand. But it's, could you could you imagine in, in, in the NBA if, if, if someone if, – if they like an organization took the coach's side over the superstar players, like – could you imagine that they would be fired within it's seconds? It's never happened. Seconds. In like the last 10 years, it's never happened. Like they don't choose. There's only like a few coaches you can even say that. Like who? Like Pop? Like Pop. Just, literally, that's it. Like just Pop? Pop. Maybe Kerr once Curry retires? I doubt it. I don't know. Like Yeah, don't get me started on Kerr. Yeah, okay. Kerr's got some problems coming his way. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. I didn't know that. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not invested in the day-to-day of the Golden State Warriors these days. But um. Yeah, it's a situation where it's like, okay, this guy, he just like you said, he he ruined Southampton. So okay, he ruined Southampton, a team that Greg loves, obviously, and is is, is not well respected, but it is is a serious squad over in, in the UK. Okay, from there they're like, okay, that guy ruined that organization. Let's bring him to hockey. What? What are we doing? And then you have your superstar. The whole plan for the Buffalo Sabers was to get Jack Eichel and build from there. What? There's no way he stays. I, I think he's a Ranger, probably this july i'd have to guess and uh i guess we're gonna see because i just I, I think he might have played the last game for the buffalo sabers and i'd be shocked actually if he came back but it, we also like you, you talked about him ruining southampton it's like we joke about how the oilers had the draft picks to get mcdavid dry and um Nail yakupov the kid but like they got those draft picks because Ralph Kruger sucked. It's not like the NHL just handed them those draft picks. Ralph Kruger was there, and he was terrible. So they got really good draft picks. And then when those draft picks started to maybe not be terrible, Kruger left. And it's just like this. I, to me, the Sabres hanging on to Kruger is so weird. I, I don't – it's almost as weird as the White Sox hiring Tony La Russa. Not quite as weird, but it's close. I just – I don't get – the fascination with being like, well, we hired, we're not going to make the, we're not going to admit the mistake we made with this coach, but we'll admit the mistake we made on the eight year contract to our star winger. No, fix the player. Don't the, the coach fix the player. Do the, do the Pajulas, are, are they the ones that own both the Bills yeah. and the Sabres? Yes. Yeah. I, our, my, theory, they... my theory is they're, they're just, they're high on Bills money. They forgot <laughs> they have the Sabres. <laughs> I mean, like, do they think that that Ralph Kruger is like is like Sean McDermott or something like a like just a, a, a gem of a mind, and they just got to mold the roster around him? Like, I don't understand. I mean, Eichel's gone; it's it's over. I mean, if if I, I can't wait for him if he comes back healthy this year, just pull a James Harden and like start firing the puck into the stands when he's in the neutral zone or something like. Like, fuck this, get me out of here. I want to be out. I'll do. I don't I'll wanna... do. I'll go one further for you, Fitz. As soon as Jack Eichel's a Ranger, how soon is it until the Ranger fans turn on him? Oh, what? Three and a half weeks. <laughs> I'll take the under. <laughs> I'll take the under right now. He'll go three games without a point, and it'll be absolute chaos on the timeline, especially depending on who they trade him for him. Because oh. he's, he's going. Who? Who? Okay, so let's let's we gotta talk. I'll break, about this. I'll break it down, but you go ahead first. Yep, we're we're all in agreement that it's gonna be a lot less than what people think, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, I got, I'm glad because like I see people who always are like, they're not getting they're not getting Jack Eichel for Ryan Stroman at the time. No, they and are. Was, no, and Ryan, Ryan Stroman's gonna be part of it. And like a, a first round pick and stuff, and I was like, 
have you guys paid attention to the same NHL I have for the past like 10 years? Like every time these guys get traded, nothing is ever equal in return. No. I mean, the Sabres literally did it with Ryan O'Reilly like two years it's, ago. It's going to be a nice package. I'm not telling you it's going to be nothing, but it's not going to have It's going to be a lot of stuff. It's just going to be Well, they're going to get Croco and Niels. Like, if you think Niels is like a, a can't-miss prospect, which all I see all they're these gonna, people. They're going to get who, they're Ryan? Gonna, what what name get, did you say? Because yeah, I know what name you meant to say. Oh, crap. Oh, no. Did I say Croco? You did. Oh, no. Hold on. Just delete. I'm deleting the whole podcast. Hold on. Delete. Okay, we got to start over. Hey, Boucher Franco fans. Um. Uh, all right, cra- they're gonna get Krabstop and Niels, and like Neil, pe- yeah. people think Niels is like this can't miss prospect because of his stats in the SHL. But Great, we're, we're awesome. Cool. He looks yeah. he looks fantastic. I don't give a shit. They already have Adam Fox. Right. They already have DeAndre Miller. Right. And I don't give a shit about defensemen. You know what this team needs? A superstar center, and that is Jack Eichel. Yeah. So they're gonna Niels and Krabstop are gonna go over. It's gonna have a first round pick. Maybe throw Schneider in, and it's like okay, cool. Have a nice day. Great. Cool. Great. Now deal. we have Jack Eichel. Hand, right. Handshake. I'll be like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Build this Jeff Gordon statue immediately afterwards. I'm good. When when Buffalo is in seventh place and Niels, Niels has scored 20 goals, let me know. <laughs> yeah, great. You know what? You know what Buffalo Sabres fans won't be complaining about? Yeah. Crafts off nice time. But you know what they will be complaining about? Literally everything else about the team. As, yeah, as they should. Trash. Oh, but then I hear like, oh, but they're, they're, they have good wingers. Really? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. It's it's a situation if, where it's like, what are we if doing? They, here? If they had good wingers, would we be talking about Jack Eichel trades? It's kind of what it comes down to. Or the fact that Jeff Skinner is getting benched. <laughs> like, like what? What are we talking about? Yeah, here? they're pretty elite uh, on wing. I, like, I don't know. Mm. I think my favorite part of this whole saga is going to be when they do inevitably trade him, and I just go back through like the the couple like Buffalo. You know, I have nothing but love for the central slash western New York area. I'm a Syracuse grad, um, but like the 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 like the Buffalo radio host who like quote tweeted my Eichel to the Rangers to me one time when I was you know causing <laughs> chaos on the timeline. Right, right. I I can't wait to just shove it in his face that I was correct and that Jack Eichel was getting traded all along. Because is cause... is there anything that would make seventy five percent of Rangers Twitter more uncomfortable than Eichel demanding a trade and saying he will only go to the New York Rangers because David Quinn is there? Oh, oh, so oh, oh God. God, that's the best. I want to bathe Greg, in what you just said. Greg, now you're talking my language. Yeah, <laughs> now you're talking my language. Like, Eichel, be... Eichel, Eichel's interested in New York, but what takes it over the top for him is that his old college coach, David Quinn, is currently coaching the Rangers. 75% of Ranger Twitter is going to have a meltdown. And they're going to break. Literally, the like, best is like the 25% overload. of that 75% that will immediately say, good, I want to trade Niels Lundqvist for Eichel anyway. It's like, are you – you're you're a kind of fan that I can't relate to on any kind of level. We're not even related at this point. It's unbelievable. Like that, it's the fan that's like, oh, I want to trade Niels Lundqvist for Jack Eichel. Yes, you would. Yeah. Niels Lundqvist. Niels Lundqvist could be really good. And guess what? You have Adam Fox and Jacob Truba. You just don't need them. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just don't. And, and honestly, the the Quinn stuff. I, I I'm like in tears right now thinking about how funny that would be if he says he'll only come to the Rangers. <laughs> good. Like, could you imagine? They're, they're so I, I I have been pretty agnostic on Quinn. We all I, have, but we have to defend like, him on yeah. accident, bro. It sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not even like I want to. I don't want to do it, but I have to. Um, it, oh, wow. Julius Randle's about to fight someone. Sorry. Cool, Sorry, cool. I got distracted. It's all good. <laughs> oh, wow. Jesus Christ. He actually is. Maybe a ref. Oh, okay. Julius Randle suspended. <laughs> Breaking news. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, the the Quinn stuff. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, that would be so funny. People hate David Quinn so much. 
that they, they they'd rather keep. Well, he's Mills so goddamn was. average. Fitz, like I don't know, he's he's okay. I don't get it. I really don't get. It. I, I I just think it's because they look. They should. People, I think, think that that like twenty five game stretch last year, where they looked like a. They just they just couldn't lose pretty much. They were just finding ways to win every single game, and uh, I think people think they're a lot closer to that than they really are. Like the the more realistic thing about the Rangers is they're more they're closer to what they were in the bubble than they were during those twenty five games, in my opinion. Like a team that can be easily thrown off their game or like you know easily taken out of stuff, and people think that's all because of David Quinn. It's like again we we talked about before they they are children. Like, they, they don't know how to respond to, like, adverse situations yet. You know, they don't know how to just, like, their, their, one of their top six wingers gets concussed on the first 30 seconds of a game. They don't know how to, like, rally back from that. But, like, that's going to come. And, and Dave, David Quinn, if they fire David Quinn, like, do you think of, like, a retreat coach is going to want to play all these kids all the time? Oh, my like, God. I, that's no. what I want to ask people. Do you think, like, uh, people always love to, to throw out the name of – um. Gerard Gallant, right? Like, do we think Gerard Gallant's going to come in and want to just play a bunch of 21 and 22-year-olds all the time and play Adam Fox 30 minutes a game sometimes when he has to? Like, I don't think they're going to. Are you kidding me? We complain all the time about retreat coaches and how they just they just recycle the same old crap. We literally just saw another – we just played another one tonight with Elaine Mignot, like – it, it it baffles my mind. Like you can't have it both ways with some things. And like David David Quinn, what you know what? I'll give David Quinn a lifetime goddamn contract. If that's what it takes to get Jack Eichel out here. Fine. So like, you know what? Put put his put his face on 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 the garden logo. I don't care. Put his face in the, in the center of the ice. Like do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> Yo, if they put David Quinn's face in the center of the ice, I'll uh, that's it for me. I'm done. <laughs> didn't, they used, didn't they used to have like the the AV show or whatever where they would have? They like, did. Do they do that? With, do they do that with Quinn? No. Give him his own TV show. You like, think MSG care. does TV? <laughs> Oh boy! Come on! Come on! Come on, dude! Come on! Come no, on! That, you're, gonna, you're getting a note about that one. That's, that's for sure. That's all right. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. All right, Fitz. This has been fun, buddy. <laughs> and, well, uh, before Fitz, before Fitz goes, Fitz, I need the three teams you're most excited about in March Madness. Before, but let's, not, let's, this isn't. Hold on. Before you do that, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Mead. You can follow Greg at Bushers Break. We'd love you. We'll be back next week. Now we're talking college basketball. Okay, here you go. All right. Very good. Uh, I can't wait to watch Illinois. Okay. I, can't wait to watch Syracuse because I hate watch them so much. Um, and Gonzaga because – or no, no, not Gonzaga. Um, I'm going to say Oklahoma State because Cade Cunningham is actually the truth. Like of the limited college basketball I've watched this year, I've tried to watch uh, Oklahoma State play a lot because Cade Cunningham's like the real deal. And it's a, it's, a sh- it's a shame. I thought the Knicks would have had like a real good chance to get him this year. But hey, they're they better. that Mavericks pick there, Fitz. Anything's possible with the Mavericks pick. It's very true. They should. Uh, they're uh, the, the Knicks are just. I mean, they lost tonight, but I, I give a lot of respect to them. They, really, the Knicks had to be like it's. It's genuinely a thing with the, the MSG teams. Like they both just can't be normal at the same time. It's. It's like incredible. Well, I'm hoping in two uh, years they're both very good. We'll see. Fitz, I, I've watched three basketball games this year. Uh, College one of them was Marist Manhattan. Oh so I, I maybe I've only watched two games this year. Uh, did you watch Am a I crazy person? No. No. 
I say, that would have been outrageous if you risked COVID to go watch Maris <laughs> Manhattan. You're, you're, I'm not going to risk COVID to go to Poughkeepsie, New York. I got this. As someone that spent four years there, had a lovely time and graduated with a degree. No, no, thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to go to the McCann Center to get sick. That would be the Lupe Fiasco concert all over again. Um, but I'm just, look, I'm just going to take Iona to beat Alabama. I haven't watched one of them this year but Rick I mean, Pitino's at Iona I was gonna say bro like this this college basketball first of all half some you look at like some of the amount of games played it's Iona like played, team, I think Iona played 12 games this year yeah yeah there's some teams that are in like the mid to low teens and then there's others that are in like the mid to high 20s it's like like how am I supposed to know this like I you, you guys know I'm normally very tuned into college basketball and this year I mean with with no fans, it's like brutal to watch. Like I'd, I'd much rather watch the NBA with no fans, like because at least the level of play doesn't suffer. Like the level of play without fans in college basketball is like unbearable to watch. At some points, it's brutal. There's just terrible offense, terrible shooting. Just like takes 15 seconds to get into their sets and stuff. And I guess maybe that's because I like Syracuse and they're a joke of a team and. This guy's gonna coach until he's dead, and and I I mean he's it's ah it's disgusting. I you telling me that Buddy Bayheim was a junior floored me. It's disgusting. No it's just, the it's guy's amazing. been there for ten years, dude. Marek Dolajai is like I think my he, he you could tell me he had another year left, and I would believe you. And I'm pretty sure he was a freshman when I was a senior at Syracuse, which is like five years ago at this point. <laughs> Buddy Bayheim, no way he's a junior. I just. I assume he was like on the team since he was 13. He was basically Drake LaRoche and has just been there his entire time. <laughs> Drake LaRoche. I heard that name in a long time. Hey, the athletic had an article about Drake LaRoche today, which made me think of him. Uh, you should read that on the athletic.com where you can get a year subscription for a dollar right now, I think, or something like that. With BetMGM. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. If you bet on the yeah. tournament, that's an, that's yeah. an ad read I did today. Look at yeah. us teaming up. Wow! Great job! I'm so smart. Yep. Why are you guys doing doing ad reads? No. Thought, what what yeah. <laughs> while while we're here, fuck Drake Laroche. That is <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> the the article today cracked me up because apparently they're like Drake Laroche is now a college pitcher, but then like they they specified that he's the number four starter for a random community college. I'm like, your dad's Adam Laroche, and you couldn't get into even a respected community college and you're the number a community college has three other starting pitchers that aren't you what's happening here that maybe maybe ken williams was onto something to be like get this kid out of my fucking locker room he's a bum he can't do anything because you know why he's going to be a freaking community college starting pitcher wow all the hatred for adam or uh, drake laroche coming out right now huh yeah i just i never understood that it's just like hey adam stop bringing your kid to games adam was is like you know what would be great for my kid if I walk away from $13 million? That'll be good for my kid. Yeah. That's, no. that's, that'll show him. I have actually one quick question for you guys before we sign Hit off here. Hit it. Who is, who is your team MVP for the Rangers so far this year? It's got to be Adam Fox for me. I had to think about it for a second, but it had to be, it had to be Fox. Can't be Panarin. I missed too much time. I mean, it's Fox or Buchnevich. I don't – that. I don't think you can make an argument for. I, I have a good uh, someone other than those two. I have a dark horse candidate. If you, if that's is your Doug Lindgren? Yes. I was, I was, I was gonna, I, I was gonna wonder when, like you, Brian Lindgren's good, man. He's just like he looked pretty good with Hayek tonight. 
honestly. Dude, he's legit. I I am yeah, he very, can play. I'm very there was a point tonight where uh I forget who Panarin I I think Linger was driving to the net and like just missed a pass, but when the pass like almost got to him, I was like, Oh, that's gotta be a forward and I was like, It's Ryan Lindgren? What? Like how does he, he keeps doing little things that really impress me, like his passing has gotten better, his his defense has been super solid all year. Like I'm he's like pri- really he's like impressed. prime Hulk Hogan where he, he gets better just like the more you hit him like when he's hulking up. <laughs> hey, bro, the the, <laughs> I, I'm convinced he's just a little bit bloated so that when you release some blood he gets a little faster. That's really it. <laughs> well, I just as much as much shit as people give Gorton for the Ryan McDonough trade. Everybody's oddly quiet when they want to talk about the Rick Nash trade. The Rick, the Rick Nash trade is a Hall of Fame trade. For what yeah. it's turned just, into. Just man. saying, if, if I'm the Boston Bruins, I'm sick every single day of my life. Now I, I don't get how how that's not brought up enough about what what they like what they did. They, they, yeah, they missed on Barzal. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, no, no. But let be clear. They missed three consecutive times on Barzal, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't just Barzal. It was also Kyle Connor and was it Shabbat who went? Yeah, it was Shabbat. Uh, Shabbat's the one right after Connor. Yeah. yeah, so literally the three picks immediately after they go fucking bum, bum, bum is Parzal, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat. Cool. So if, the, they, if they get... the Bruins could just be six-time Stanley Cup champions right now. If they get any of those guys, especially Barzal, plus if they just like don't trade for Rick Nash, it's like they're it's, swimming in it. <laughs> like it's it's also like very underrated that Ryan Spooner turned into Ryan Strom. Like another just black mark on on Edmonton that they just got rid of Ryan Strom for for Ryan Spooner. I mean, like Jeff Jeff Gordon, man. Uh, I feel like that's a that's another podcast episode in itself. Just yeah, come back, like come back on this summer. Let's do the whole Gordon experience. I still have the spreadsheet. I still have it. Oh, you Every do? It's, the, the thing about the Spooner for Strobe's trade that also gets overlooked is like Spooner was so bad that the Oilers had to buy him out and the Rangers took that $600,000 and signed Artemi Panarin. Like, yeah. like that, that trade on every level is just unbelievable. So it's almost like if you combine that with the McDonough trade, we should probably just stop talking about the McDonough trade. Yeah, I mean it is. It's a loss, you know. It's, it's, it's the an Nash out. trade is so fucking good. It's and, unbelievable. And Nash, yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a Barry Bonds win. It's like it's unbelievable the home run they hit on that. It's like the one that disappeared into the mist at yeah, the Angels. Yeah, Na- Nash played yeah, like play. eleven games for them and then retired. Yeah, it's um, all time fleecing. Shout out to Jeff Gordon. Some of his other trades have been. Eh, but that one's a, it, like you guys always said, two of their top four defensemen came from that trade. It's cool. <laughs> All right, Fitz, we got to go record the open, but this has been a pleasure. All right, fellas, I, fellas, I always appreciate it. I, uh, it's always a blast. I'm very happy for you guys' success, though, for real. Thank as you. someone who's been along with you for the ride for a while now. So uh, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate, appreciate you having me on. We'll have you back on to the full Gordon this summer. I think that's a good idea. Fun one. Absolutely. Wait, Absolutely. Later, Fitz. We did an hour. Suck it. Bye. <laughs> I love you guys. Later, guys. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.